It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. We're coming to you recording on this Thursday with our weekly Pirates chat, Andrew Destin with Jason Mackey, as always. And we are, as always, brought to you by the North Shore Tavern. If you love baseball, you'll love the North Shore Tavern. The interior is wall-to-wall with pirates. There's appetizers, entrees, cocktails, and, of course, steak and seafood on a sizzling lava stone. Open every day, the North Shore Tavern across from PNC Park is Pittsburgh's home for steak on a stone. Um, Jason, a lot going on here in Pirates territory. Um, You've been on the front the last couple of days. I've been observing from afar, but um, there's plenty to keep up with in terms of content. Um, as you'll see below us here, talking about O'Neill Cruz, who has been shut down for the remainder of the season. Just kind of a case of the Pirates running out of time to get him back from that fractured left uh, left leg, so or left fibula, I should say. Um, certainly not a huge surprise, I would think, to either you or I. But I think the greater question is, um, with him, of course, being the unicorn athlete that he is at that shortstop position, how concerned are you uh, about this injury, given that the time frame was supposed to be about four months for him to return he didn't quite hit that and miss the season at whole. Um, certainly a lost season for him, but is this one that uh, has you concerned for 2024 and moving forward? It doesn't. It, it very much does not, Andrew. And I, I would push back against the concern that's seemingly out there about O'Neill and it, is this going to ruin his ability to play shortstop or, or hamper him long term? And, you know, I, this is this delves into something I think is bigger about Pittsburgh having grown up here. And it's like something that, happened before is always bound to repeat itself you know and so people start going to the Rennie Stinnette bucket and like no no it's they're very different physiologically um they're very there's different things being asked of him I know it's like easy to make that comparison I just don't see it I mean if you can criticize O'Neill for something before this year which I mean you certainly can he's he's had his troubles in the field I think he's a tremendously exciting prospect but that doesn't mean we can't pick at things the footwork wasn't great to begin with and so I mean you're telling me like his range of motion is going to be I, I see I don't I don't see the impediment there like I, yes he's fast but that's straight ahead running um I think there's also a point to be made and, and sorry to drone on this I'll wrap it for a second but I mean like he can get it back. Modern medicine, it just takes a little bit of time. Like the fact that it didn't hit the exact four-month timeline doesn't mean everything is screwed. I just don't see that. Like I still see him as a tremendously exciting prospect. I understand why they're waiting until 2024. And frankly, I'm just as excited then, or I'll be just as excited then as I am now for him. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. And I view it as um, with the talk of, oh, like is this year, like I used the words earlier to describe it as, you know, a lost season for him. 
to me, I viewed that as not the biggest worry, you know, to try and rush him back to get him a couple of weeks in the big leagues to get him, what, a week or two weeks worth of DH reps. Like, sure, maybe it would have been nice, but I, I view it as the focus is on getting him back for 24. And if there's any concern that maybe he's not ready to play shortstop opening day, that's fine because as much as you want him to be there, you've built up some depth that, okay, if Pagaro is going to play there for a month before he's totally up to speed. Okay, no, 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 no. I'm not going there. <laughs> I'm cutting you. Okay, he's got to be ready for opening day 2024. Okay, there's no more like not rushing back, whatever, whatever. Like, I'm good with that. If if he's not ready for opening day 24, then then I'm buying into we have a problem. Okay. I mean, seriously, like how would how would that be okay if he wasn't I, ready for opening day? It wouldn't be okay. It would more so be that like I would be worst case scenario of okay, well you have options that can cover you in the interim, but that's a oh. that's a very good point you bring up of okay, well. If he's not ready, you know, pretty much a year removed from the injury, it's not like it's a torn ACL, right? That would be a very different conversation. So, yeah, yeah. at that point, my alarm bells would be going off, man, if we're not ready in a year. Now, I don't think that's going to be the case. I don't think they think that's the case. That would, you know, that would necessitate something extremely unforeseen or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, I just I still see him having a tremendous amount of power. I still see him finding a place in the field somewhere. Um you know, is he going to have like a 95th percentile sprint speed after this? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not ruling it out. I, I would certainly understand if it's diminished a little bit. I just don't think that means that like the sky is falling. And I feel like that's the sentiment out there with this. Yeah. I'll, uh, one, one question I do have for you is I know you wrote about this a little bit uh, yesterday, a story that's live uh, today as well, or Thursday as well. But um, with Cruz, the options for kind of going into the tail end of 2023 here beyond whether that's um, the Dominican League, of course, that being his homeland, or if that's the Arizona Fall League or some instructional league work, like how would you kind of approach this if you're the Pirates? Because I understand that, yeah, it's shut down in terms of MLB competition for this year. But like, yeah. you know, you and I are not doctors, but like, if you were to put, if you were to put together a plan of how would you go about this? What would be a, a return to play plan you would put in forth? I am very much not a doctor, friend. But there's <laughs> such a, a, a there's a running joke between my wife and I, and, and as many know, my wife is a health writer at the Post Gazette now, uh, and is also a registered nurse, and obviously is very uh, well versed in the medical field. I, on the other hand, am not. Um, I, I know very little about that stuff, and I will joke with her that every bone that hurts is my clavicle, and I'll say like, <laughs> clavicle, and I'll like grab my elbow or something, and. Uh, so she just makes fun of me for being a medical idiot, which is fair. Um, but anyway, uh, yes, we're not doctors and what to do this off season. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think they know. And I don't think there's any mechanism that requires them to know. Um, I think I can, I look at a couple scenarios. Like if he's ready in relatively short order, I think they'd send him to the Arizona fall league. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think the Arizona fall league would actually be good competition for him and I think I think it's important for him to get something in. And I think I, I feel that way because you want to sort of have that mental ability that you've overcome this. You say you show up for spring training in 2024 thinking like, OK, I did this. You know, it might be 15 games in the fall league or the Dominican Winter League or whatever. But I mean, that confidence that like I'm not going to break. And I mean, there's going to be adjustments to coming back from this. I mean, anybody who's had major surgery would understand I mean, it's not going to feel normal right away, and that's fine. The more rust you can knock off now, the better. But I think they're answering things the way they are, Andrew, just because they're trying to you know, not paint themselves into a corner. It's a lot going to depend on O'Neill's health. 
Um, again, if he's ready to go soon, you can go to the Arizona Fall League. If he, I think you have to also have to honor his family and what he wants to do in the offseason. I mean, this is a guy you want to be working with long term. So if he wants to live in Florida, which he might, um, they've talked about, or, you know, there's been discussion about him working out with Carlos Santana. If that works out, cool. And maybe then you recreate programming at a Florida complex, you know, at, at Pirate City or around Florida complex league style settings. Um, you know, and if he goes home to the Dominican, then you can put him in the Dominican winter. League. I just don't think you don't know at this point, as Charrington said yesterday, you need a little bit more information. But I do think it's important for him to play games. What about you? What would you do? Yeah, I mean, it's there's so many moving parts here, right? But to me, it's like, I think it's all just a, it kind of goes in sequence of what's the highest priority, right? I mean, if you can get him in the fall league, that's great, because that's probably your highest level of competition, or at least, you know, something that's at the, the closest tail end here to the end of the season. But, you know, if it comes down to, hey, it's playing a couple of games in the Dominican League, and he's back at home, and that's what it is, great. If it's some sort of setup in Florida, it's also great. But it's, I'm kind of, I know you and I are on the same page about this, but it's just getting games under his belt. Yeah. Like have some form of competition because that that holds value and there's reason guys do this anyway even if they've already played a full season it's just to get more reps to stay fresh and for him um, I would hate to for the Pirates' sake I would hate for it to come spring training and he's cold turkey going into March having so, not swung a bat competitively in a full calendar year right that's like worst case scenario so anything to avoid that to me feels like the best course of action absolutely could not agree more. So on that note, though, we, uh, we, we channeled the discussion of O'Neill Cruz, but uh, pivoting now to a different injured pirate at the time being, of course, with Andrew McCutcheon. Um, a lot of moving parts here with, obviously, just where he's at in his career, what he means to the city of Pittsburgh. Um, you were there on Wednesday chatting it up with uh, GM Ben Charrington. A lot of comments there on that front. Just kind of wanted to open it up to you. I mean, with the yeah. McCutcheon discussion of how does he fit into a 2024 roster, the team has certainly made it clear publicly they want him back. Um, I, you know, or, wh where do you stand on this with uh, the latest of McCutcheon? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I tossed and turned how to ask Ben a productive question on this. Um, and I thought I did a pretty good job. I wanted to throw something his way that would, you know, he would be required to answer, not a yes or no, that might shed some light on the situation. And I walked away from that conversation, Andrew, thinking they're going to bring Andrew McCutcheon back. And the genesis of how I asked it was basically your owner has said, and it was to me, that Cutch should be a pirate for as long as he wants to be a pirate. Andrew McCutcheon has maintained to everybody that he wants to be back here. I said, so Ben, are you operating with the assumption that Andrew will be back next season? And if so, um, you know, what would you prefer to see his role look like? And Ben said, understandably, like we have to put together the rest of the team and figure out his role. But I think that's an important part of this. I really do. And as I wrote today, 
I mean, if Kutch's elbow and knee are fine, and Achilles, of course, I mean, he's been really banged up. If he's healthy enough to play the outfield, that's an easy solution. Just put him out there, whatever. Um, I know I took some crap on Twitter, and that's fine. I knew it was coming about him playing first base, um, but I'm not, I'm not moving off my mark with that. I still think if he can't throw, you need to get him in the field somewhere, and I would trust Andrew McCutcheon to be able to figure that out one or two days a week. He might just be a part-time DH. And, and that could also work, although I go back and forth on how part-time it should be. I mean, he was one of their best hitters this year. Like, why all of a sudden is he relegated to part-time DH duty? Like, I guess it's not ideal, and you'd like to kind of rotate that spot more, but I think it still makes sense to keep Kutch. I mean, he's still a good, productive player for what they're going to spend. You know, and if you say to Kutch, let's go three years, uh, or not three years, three mil, one year. So like, let's call this good. Let's make this our return year. We can announce it as the return or, you know, as like the, the final lap or whatever. And, and then ju that's just it. I'm perfectly fine with that. And I think that's the best case scenario, but I do think the first sort of input here, Andrew, is for him to be able to play the field. And I think that would help all of this a tremendous deal. Right. I'm with you on that because I look at it as there's two ways you can construct a roster with the DH right now, right? Of You've got it now across both leagues where you can either pencil in a guy who, just to recall, you know, a David Ortiz, right? Where there was somebody who was pretty much a DH exclusively the tail end of their career, played for a space only when they were playing National League games. Like, I'm not saying these two are similar players at any straight, but like the way that roster was constructed with the Red Sox was, okay, you have somebody that you're penciling in. Every day is your DH. That's their responsibility, and we're not going to pivot off of that. Yeah. Or you can do what practically other team, every other team has adopted, which is you're rotating that spot. You're using it so you can give Brian Reynolds the day off. You can do That's it so you can give Brian Hayes the day off. There's no question what the preference is from the Pirates and from any team. But part of me does say, do you go old school with it a little bit and throw it back to a decade ago and say, all right, catches our DH four to five days a week. You know, this is stuff that's – out of my control. Yeah, it might be that, right? Just based on what he's dealing with, with the elbow, with coming back from the Achilles slight tear and with the knee issues. But, you know, it, it feels like, you know, given everything that's been said publicly, given everything that we've watched in terms of what he still has left in the tank as a hitter, um, that, yeah, he probably will be back next year. But that roster construction, there's just so many questions about it because um, you probably would rather have it so you can rotate a lot of different people at that spot. But a very well might turn out that he's your DH four to five days a week. Yeah, I mean, I just think you've got – one, like let's acknowledge the manager and how he likes to do things. Whether people yeah. agree with it or not, he likes to rotate things and pull guys in and out of the lineup and hunt matchups and all this stuff, yeah. right? They're not going to run out a, a old-school lineup like, you know, almost like the Braves do or somebody. The Cardinals, you know, past couple years before this one were pretty traditional in how they deployed players. The Pirates don't roll like that. Um, I'm not defending it. I'd kind of rather see the old school stuff. I'm just admitting reality. Now, what you do inside of that, I mean, they probably do want and need that flexibility. You think about O'Neill Cruz coming back from injury. You think about Henry Davis not being good defensively. I hate to say it like that, but I mean, until he proves otherwise, like he hasn't been good defensively. Um, you have two catchers that you might try to keep a bat in the lineup if those guys are productive. I don't know, you know, middle infield, theoretically, like, you know, does – does Nick Gonzalez come up here and you're rotating Gonzalez, Pagaro, Cruz, and you want to keep one of those bats in the lineup? He, Brian Hayes, I think, has been a little bit better as they've stretched or stressed some rest to him. So anyway, there's like, like you're saying, there's moving parts here that it would just help so much if you say, you know, OK, we're going to get Reynolds off of his feet. 
Kachko play out there. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of some of the other um, spots that you can finagle, but I mean, that's the gist. Like you just give yourself a little bit more flexibility by not having somebody penciled into the DH spot all the time. Um, I just, again, we can't answer that question. I don't think Kutch can answer that question. I don't think the pirates can answer that question. I, I think part of it is honestly going to come down to what's the simplest thing, right? Like hasn't that guy done enough that he deserves to not go out via injury at home in front of, fans that have supported him and loved him. And he's at 299 home runs. Like you want to get him to 300. He doesn't deserve that. The, 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 all that he's given to the pirates and done for this city, he doesn't deserve it. Like we're talking about meaningless stuff, comparatively thinking, right? Like yeah. how, how they're going to rotate the DH, but that doesn't, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, does that really matter beyond Andrew McCutcheon's legacy? I mean, Yes and no, but, but if he was a non-productive player, you would say, well, we're not going to do this as like a you know dog and pony show or some sort of circus just so you can play baseball. It's not that. He's one of the best hitters on the team. Just bring him back and figure it out later. Yeah, and it's a team that is actively trying to be competitive, right? To your point of this isn't a dog and pony trick that like next year would really help to, I don't know, have a veteran guy in the clubhouse again who is pretty influential for a team that, is trying to take another step forward after eclipsing its expected wins in 2023. That 24, you're looking, I know you and I have both said it on this show, a team that should be around 500, if not better. Like, yeah. it would probably serve you well to have somebody who's A, been there before, and B, still has something left to provide. So, to me, I view yeah. it as a no-brainer, but um, I don't know if I'm going to pivot this well. I'm going to try, but it also should be a no-brainer that uh, should see a couple of the other prospects waiting in AAA to come back up at some point this season. I don't know. I don't know if I did okay there, but uh, you did I tried. well. You did well. I mean, that was that, that was the gist of the conversation with Charrington. So I mean, it's good yeah. for us to be on here and analyze it. I think it's pertinent stuff that, that is happening with the team right now. Um, and by the way, I think about this. This is this is sideways of that, but I'll get to that point. So the Pirates went from sixty-two wins to let's say they finished with seventy-five. I don't know their current pace, but that's a thirteen-win improvement. Hmm. Shouldn't fans expect that again? Shouldn't you expect like? 62 to 75, 75 to 88. Is that fair? I mean, you're over 500. You should be reasonably competitive at, at, at that point again. I don't think you're asking too much. You know, they've shown signs of progress and winning more games. I hope they spend money. And I mean, this is a whole separate conversation. Once again, this is more big right. picture. But, but I do sort of extrapolate that out and, and think as mad as people got, they're probably going to be about a 12 or 13 win improvement. Okay, cool. Can you do that again? And if so, that means, you know, 88 wins, 87 wins, 88 wins. Like, I like that. So anyway, the other guys you can see, I, I, I do think this is an important aspect. And I did, I wrote this for this morning as well. Anybody wants to check that out at post-gazette.com. But there's some, I think I called them final exams. You know, you've kind of let guys study and you're going to have to bring them back and show what they can do. But the first one for me, Andrew, I think is Rowanzi Contreras. I think probably the most important, impactful kind of thing. I want to see what he has this level um, the most curious to me, I guess, would be Nick Gonzalez. I don't I, I don't understand what we're doing there. I've written it. I've said it. Um, you know, Alika Williams is not it. It might be good defensively. Uh, wasn't good defensively last night. Made an error in Atlanta as well. Things you can't do if you're not hitting. Does not hit lefties at all. Um, Vinny Capra, I, I forgot was even on the team until the other day. And I understand you're, you have him here as depth. You don't want to bring up a prospect and just sit him. But, yeah, it's a little curious. So, Rowanzi's probably the most exciting, impactful, long-term, the most curious is Gonzalez. What about yeah. you? What are you looking to see? 
I'd probably flip the two, but say it's the same. Really? I mean, it's it's yeah. I would say I'm really curious about Nick, and that's no slight against Rowanzi, but I view it as more that I don't want to say that you have ample pitching depth, but you've got other guys that you're curious of that are coming mm-hmm. back next year from injury, so that like, and I feel like with Row, he's proven it at the big league level that like he can come back and recapture it. I'm not terribly worried about that. The velo's down a few ticks, but I view it as there's something there. Um, with Nick, I'm just so curious of is this a guy who can be a big leaguer? I don't know yet. I feel like with Henry, I've seen it. I've seen it with the approach at the plate. The arm yeah. talent is there. Yeah, maybe the right field defense hasn't quite gotten there in a timely manner, but that's more, you know, you're learning a job on the spot. Um, and with Roe, again, you know, he's done it here. With Nick, like there were flashes when he first got called up, but then there was the whiffs. There was the defense second is fine, but it's also second bases where they have a lot of guys, right? You've already got Piguero. You can play Triolo there. Like, is he going to be somebody who stands a cut above and, forces the issue and the pirates have a good problem to have where okay you have Cruz at shortstop in theory you have Pagaro, you have triolo fighting for time you've right. got gonzalez is he going to be part of that mold or is he going to be the odd man out i'm really curious about that because this is somebody they obviously invested a lot in he had his injury problems coming up through the system but this was a first round pick this was a top 10 pick and we're three years four years removed from that now um i want to see what they have in nick because he's shown it at the triple a triple a level that he can do it um, he's earned the right to be back up here. And when he comes back up here, I want to see what they have in him. What do you think? If you um, have a pick right now, is he a legit piece? Uh, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm going to probably say no. I would probably lean in the really? opposite. Yeah. I'm just worried the high chase rate, um, the defense is fine, but I like what I've seen from Pagaro more. And if Pagaro okay. is your everyday second baseman, I feel more comfortable with him. Okay. I disagree. I think Nick is part of this thing. I do. I think there's enough there. Um, I think there's a sneaky amount of power. Yeah. Uh, the chase or the, the swing and miss strikeout stuff doesn't concern me, although I, like, I, I'm not denying that it's a factor now. I think it will improve. Um, I just think there's enough there with plate discipline that will get better over time. Um, I'm really excited to see him again, man. I, I think there's a lot there. And I think I, I question where he plays, though. That's yeah. one thing that I've thought about more um and not that he's been deficient defensively because if anything i think he's been a pleasant surprise but i agree with you i've liked peggy at second um and maybe i mean we've talked a lot about you know what their middle infield combo of the future and there's been these like twists and turns and teases and all this stuff i mean maybe that that does end up being you know if cruz's ankle or something is is a factor i mean maybe it does end up being pagaro and gonzalez how like ironic excuse me would that be um You know, and maybe that sets the table for Cruz to go to the outfield. I'm not sure. Um, but I just, right now, I mean, right now on September 14th, like I see O'Neill Cruz being more likely to play shortstop. I see Leo Piguero more likely to play second base. I think Nick Gonzalez is going to hit and be good enough to come up here. It's just like, where do you go? You're not going to move him to third because of key. You're not going to move him to first because that makes no sense. And he's too tiny to play that position even by my standards. I do think it's interesting. I've joked with Nick about this before. He grew up playing the outfield. He has a lot of outfield experience. So could you move him out there? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, we. I, I hate to be like the guy that moves everybody around positionally, um, which I, I, I've kind of become. So I'm going to shut up on that, on that topic. But I think he can be productive. Anyway, um, who else we got? There was one that we – oh, uh, Henry Davis. Yeah, Henry. We haven't, we haven't kicked that around. And I wanted to – Bring something up and get your your take on it because this has been rolling around in my brain this morning, okay. uh, in the past couple of days. What do you do with him right now? 
I mean, obviously, you're, you're going to bring him back. He's a major leaguer. You want to see him. He's rehabbing. I don't think it's far away, yada, yada, yada. I'm talking big picture. Like, wh- where should this go? Oh, oh man. I think – I feel like you just got to scrap the catcher thing and go right field full time. Yeah. But, but um, part of that is also yeah. – that's how you feel? Yeah. yeah. I, but part of me also is like, but then doesn't that abandon the grand experiment? I'm, you know, I'm giving it a term that these guys didn't come up with, but like the idea of, hey, you could catch ND four to five times a week and give Henry one or two, yeah. right? Yeah. Like you're, you're basically throwing that to the fire and saying, all right, we gave up. But I feel like it's a disservice to Henry to say, okay, we want you to try to master two things while figuring out big league pitching, yeah. which, I, you know, it's putting too much in the guy's head of somebody who's obviously – driven and has talent and has shown that his arm plays in the outfield. Like I would just say, give him a million balls in the outfield and let him figure out right field. Yeah. Um, if he's of course receptive to that, which it seems like he has been considering how long he's played out here in the big leagues doing that. And as you know, tried really hard at it and shown slights of signs of improvement, but then also, you know, needing a lot of work. So that's a long way of saying that I feel like you got a scrap catcher and just go right field. No, I'm kind of with you, and and that was a topic with Ben yesterday, and I, I don't whether I was the one that asked somebody asked him. Or I remember asking Ben, like, do you believe that he can handle both at the major league level? And Ben said yes. I'm like, really? I mean, it's their team. They're allowed to feel about it however they want, but I'm kind of in your camp. Um, and Ben said yesterday, like, we hope going into 2024, like, he's still a catcher. I'm like, why are we clinging to this? Yeah. That's I don't totally understand that, and – I mean, I think Henry Davis can be a serviceable right fielder. I really do. But I think you have to, you know, probably like you're saying, just get rid of the catching stuff. Say, Henry, you're playing right field. We need you to come back here in February and be adequate. We don't need you to win a gold glove. We don't need you to make spectacular plays. We just need you to make the plays that you're supposed to make. And we're hoping that your arm's going to be an asset out there as well. But, like, keep the ball in front of you. Throw well. I don't care if you ever dive. You don't have to dive. Um, just right. play a basic right field. Um, and I think he can do that. I really do. Yeah. I, I view it as there's a couple examples that come to mind. And these might be fair or unfair to Henry. Feel free to call, call me out on these. But the one that comes to mind is, okay, Jordan Walker with the Cardinals, right? This is a guy that they've put out there in right field, natural first baseman. They're trying to make that work because you had Paul Goldschmidt. Now, I'm not one to speak on the Cardinals' behalf, but moving forward, depending on what happens with Goldschmidt, sure, Walker could transition back to first base. But, like, they've thrown him out there and have had him learn on the fire, like, learn on this process. And, yeah, it hasn't been great, but you put him out there and this is the expected return. So I think it shouldn't be such a huge shock, as it says, how it's gone with Henry. And another one that comes to mind is with Bryce Harper, right? This is a guy who was drafted, played catcher his entire life as a kid, and then when he got to the, the minors, it was, okay, we need to pivot you to the outfield. And yeah. I'm not saying that Henry will be anywhere close to Bryce and what he provides defensively and right when healthy, but, like, it's not supposed to happen overnight. And it kind of came across as that, like, there was this expectation that it would when in reality he learned right field this year or, yeah. like, finally started really dedicating to it this year. So this is going to take time, but I think he's amply capable of it just given his athleticism, work ethic, and what he provides out there. That's where I stand. Did you say learn on the fire? Well, yeah. That I think not. you just said learn on the fire. Yeah, that's not a real phrase. <laughs> <laughs> learn on the job. Yeah. <laughs> that's like learn on the fly, learn on the job versus trial by fi- fire. And you just you threw yeah. them in a blender. I'm going to let Gene Collier know about that for the trite trophy column yeah. this, this off-season or this um, 
holiday season. Um, that was that made me laugh. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on a lot of things. Um, so yeah, all right. Uh, last thing I wanted to bring up, and sorry, I kind of stole the baton here. No, no, but I got excited. Um, was the pitching stuff and to circle back to Rowanzi. Uh, not so much the Priester stuff, but I thought what was interesting was the perspective that it gave us on development. Like Priester came back here throwing 96, 97. And I think people are going to get upset that the line isn't great. Gave up four earned over four innings. He missed some spots with breaking stuff. Like that's going to get hit. I mean, that's lesson learned in my opinion. But, you know, there's been such a concern about velocity spike and how this kid – can handle himself, can he develop this, that, and the other. I thought it was a great reminder that things can change fast. And I'm looking at that with Rowanzi, thinking like, okay, the velocity's been down with him, but they're teaching him how to pitch other ways. He's learning how to get outs other ways. Sooner or later, I would hope that the velocity spikes, you know, like I, I, I obviously in a much smaller scale, like my own pitching career, like I've gone through mechanical changes where you feel like crap and you don't feel confident you're spraying the ball and your velocity has gone. And then all of a sudden you feel something, it starts to feel a little bit natural and that's, that comes back. Um, so I'm curious when that applies to row. And that's another reason why I want to see him up here. Yeah, no, it's definitely a good point is you just want to see a guy unleash it. And I, every, I keep going back to this just because Quinn said it back in New York and it kind of has stuck, has stuck with me, but of like, when he would say that he was tensing up with two strikes and not yeah. being able to like fully unleash it. Like I wasn't here at the park, but you did see him. And like from what I saw from afar, like he was gripping and ripping, right? Mm-hmm. Like Quinn was yeah. letting it fly. Like would love to see that from Roe. I think he has that in the tank certainly has shown it in the past and uh, we can see that again, but that's definitely a good point of like wanting to see him back up here. And I think that goes to the point of why I'm maybe less concerned about him than I was like, there was a lot of concern in my mind about, okay, what version of Quinn are we going to see back up here? Because yeah. when he was up here, there was the concerns about the velocity, that he wasn't putting guys away, that there was high pitch counts, all that sort of stuff. Like, what we saw from Quinn on Wednesday was like, okay, it's the guy who has the big league stuff. He can stick here. He just needs time to figure this out. With yep. Bro, he's done it before. Can he recapture that and do what he has shown? Like, it's in the tank. He's just got to recapture it. And maybe we see that before the end of 2023, right? Yeah, and you can – blast the pirates or blame the pirates or whatever for being too worried about biomechanical stuff and how the body is moving or whatever. Um, and I think to a degree, like I've, I've said on here, I think they fill their young pitchers heads with too much stuff sometimes. And I think it's done for good reason, but I think it's, you know, creating stress that ends up tamping down velocity and causing problems that maybe weren't there before. But like, I do understand why. You know, I do what like looking at Priester last night and seeing how he came out of that. Like, I don't think that was the dumbest thing. I think Priester was a better pitcher last night than at any point that we've seen. Um, the difference being, I guess, you know, didn't execute pitches in an inning and they got hit hard. But I mean, that's no different than something Oviedo or Keller, or, right. you know, Rich Hill when he was here. Like, if you're going to leave breaking balls in that part of the plate, they're going to get hurt. They're going to get hit. Um, so to me, I take that lesson learned, but I still think he's a better overall pitcher. And I, I look for the same to come out with Rowanzi. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll just have to stay tuned and see if uh, Ro makes his way back up here. But uh, yeah, lots to chat about here. Anything else we've missed, Jason, or we uh, we cover all our bases? No, I think we're good. Um, we are about 30 minutes away from the, uh, the day game Thursday that you're obviously covering. I'm heading to the uh, Clemente Foundation gala tonight. So uh, taking a couple hours with my family. Um, we apologize if any of these storylines 
change dramatically over the next three hours. But Andrew will be there to to cover them all for you. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, looking forward to you enjoying some time off before uh, before the big gala tonight. So we'll, right. uh, we'll have to keep you guys all posted and be sure to hit the like button, subscribe to our YouTube channel, stay updated with all the content. We appreciate your viewership as always. And everybody, we will catch you all next time. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you enjoyed the video, please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our Apple Podcast channel for more podcast content. Click below for a special deal of 99 cents for a three-month subscription to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette.